know, I have a couple of readings, Paul, if you bear with me, you'll, um, I found uh, several things here. Let's see, the first one is um, in Bill's story, and it says, it's on page seven, it says, it, it relieved me somewhat to learn that in alcoholics, that the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor. Though it often remains strong in other respects, my craver behavior in the face of desperate desire to stop was unexplained. Underestimating myself now, I fared far, I fared forth in high hopes. For three or four months, had the goose ran high. I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely this was the answer, self-knowledge, but it was not. And then if we go, that's in, that's in Bill's story. And then if we go over to um, page 36, we find in, in what we've learned about in Jim's story, it says that Oh, I missed it. Okay, and in um, Fred's story, he talks about that he was positive that the humiliating experience plus the knowledge he had acquired would keep him sober for the rest of the night, for the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. So and what I'm getting from this is that the idea is that the self-knowledge in regards to alcoholism isn't going to isn't going to suffice us enough to be able to help stay sober so that there, there's that idea that what you talk about in the self-manifest in various ways is what defeated us. It's clearly showing us that that, that self-knowledge is not going to, any, any knowledge that we claim on the, on the self isn't going to be of use or help to us in those, um, in those mental twists that come about with, in the form of alcoholism. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit on how the self-knowledge isn't going to help us, but maybe the knowledge of self that you talk about, that that's where the, the, the key crux of the problem lies. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thanks for hosting. Uh, hello, everyone. Paul, alcoholic um, in cloudy Northern California. Yeah, the idea, you know, the self-knowledge avails us nothing was was a statement that always was my head to cock like a dog when it doesn't understand, you know. I was, because there's such, as it talked about in the We Agnostics on page 53, there's been an over-reliance on reason or on thought or on how we see things and knowledge of what we think we've seen. So this over-reliance, because the the idea of knowledge and the and the commerce of knowledge is of the mental state in most cases that's actually where it's getting traded and brought in and and changed and stuff and the problem resides in the mental state or in the mind as they say so knowledge i think has a lot of potential to be valuable but self-knowledge has been claimed by this idea of being Paul, this idea of self, and then the self neuters the knowledge because it applies it to support its own agenda. It doesn't uh, brook any new information. It can't sort of uh, uh, absorb and turn into something. So I think knowledge of self is very valuable because 
really we were talking about it the other day about a lot of forms of seeing. There's seeing, which is a knowing before thought, sort of like an awareness. And then there's the seeing of what's happening inside us and outside us. And then there's a lack of seeing to what's happening. And then we have to depend on descriptions. And hopefully those descriptions will lead us to an understanding. And these descriptions and the understanding will be sort of like a pair of glasses to help us see something we haven't seen. So we come into AA and there's a large, a large amount of describing the underlying causes and conditions. And the word self is used quite, quite a lot to sort of point to some kind of uh, center or nexus of where the defeat is administered from. Yeah. So this understanding through inventory is another way of seeing with the hopes that it will lead to really seeing. And from the really, the, the real seeing, it's a being convinced. Yeah. There's a, there's something that happens that everything you've heard and everything that has been applied to your own experience and you saw something, you saw, S-A-W, something that you weren't seeing, suddenly culminates into a being convinced. And that's like one of the standard platforms of real recovery. It's always used in the book. Being convinced is a requirement of what? One of them is being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. If you're not convinced of that, then you're not going to see what's offered in the, in, in the inventory because you'll see the manifestations of self and you'll be calling them yours by the idea of my resentment, my fear, my harming other people in the pursuit of what I want, instead of seeing there's fear, resentment, and, and harming people in the pursuit of what I want being directed from a point of view called self. So there's an act of being identified with the disease or the aspect, let's, take, let's call it self, and in that act of being identified, we can't see the self's manifestations from our manifestations. We can't see that. We're blind to that, yes? And therefore, a lot of shenanigans happen based on that blindness. So the first form of seeing in AA is coming to the understanding of the first step. And then the inventory is another form of seeing of what? We see how self has defeated us through its manifestations, yeah? With the hopes of what? That will that will start seeing self getting ready to defeat us, and at that point the defeat is stopped. The defeat has been stopped, yeah, because it hasn't manifested. Yeah, that manifestation, that process of manifestation of self has been brought to step six and seven. Yeah, because we see we saw something in the inventory process by sharing it as the fifth step, and then that seeing something in a way of understanding led to a real clear seeing of it that produced the basis of being convinced. Yeah? So there's no need for more research. There's been a, you've, you've, you've reached a point that you know that your palace 
you know that you're powerless over alcohol and drugs. And you also know that it's your trying to manage that causes life to be unmanageable. You're, it's as clear as day. You see it with every bit of fiber in you. And then the way of life allows that seeing to extend to however long it will extend. For me, 33 years. For other people, 60 years. For other people, they're at six months. Yeah. But uh, the spirit is of seeing. The spirit is of awareness. And we are of a spiritual condition. We're not of a mental, physical condition. Yet the mental condition is dominating the, our experience and is completely writing, up, writing out the interpretation we're living by. We're seeing everything from the point of view of self. Now, self can't get out of that. That's one of the observations that they found out. It's the same thing about self-knowledge. The person thought that they, as self, had enough knowledge to prevent them from drinking and using, and they found out they were sorely mistaken. Why? Because they had, there was no knowledge of the identification as self. Yeah. So basically... You can see the statement, self can't get out of self, and maybe intellectually understand it, but you have a difficult time of realizing what you're doing all day is Paul, a.k.a. self, trying to get out of self. It makes complete sense as Paul to try to get out of self because it's inhospitable. It's fucking hostile. Yeah, It leads me down the wrong path. I end up in jail and fucking on stalking charges and shit. Yeah, but we're we're attempting to get out of self as self without us seeing it. We don't know it. Yeah, so hopefully through describing it and through doing an inventory based on looking how self has defeated us through its manifestations and stop calling its manifestations our manifestations, maybe that understanding and that activity of inventory will lead us to see something that will bring us to a being convinced, and basically you'll be fucking done with it, yeah? And then you'll be, you'll be in the habit of being sober, which allows a lot of, lot of possibilities, not only to appear, but to manifest, yeah. See, under the bondage of self, self is having a field day, not just appearing as a possibility, but manifesting, <laughs> manifesting, manifesting. Now, there in, in one corner up there, we, we want to, you know, hopefully, but with great timidity, entertain a possibility that I could maybe possibly be okay, maybe months later. But, but self has none of that fucking, it's just manifesting through us. It's fucking causing havoc all freaking day. <laughs> we need a new employer being all powerful it will take care of us and then that new employer will allow those possibilities that seem to die on the vine being overridden by self it will allow those things to start manifesting like an ease and comfort throughout your day the problem will not exist for you that's a fucking incredible manifestation and stuff like that so yeah, uh, 
I, I feel it's so important to really recover from a disease, you have to know what disease you're under. I mean, we need a clear diagnosis of the problem to really access the full extent of the solution. I just feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to grow out, outgrow fear if you're relying on that which is based on fear. It's going to be very difficult to outgrow it as it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Well, we don't have any hands up right now as it is. So if, uh, if you have a question for Paul today, please use the raise hand feature. Um, oh, Anne. Anne, you have a question? Come on in, Anne. I do. Thank you. Um, um, so I love that this is, this is what you landed on today. Um, I had something happen on, on Tuesday after the meeting where, where the actions of somebody else just completely um, obliterated what I thought to be true, right? But I sat there, Paul, and for this, I, I deeply, deeply thank you. But I sat there, and 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 this 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 cacophony of of voices starting, and like this sense of being blinded by it. But I just watched it, and I'm like, no, I'm not interested. And it was just, I mean, I'd say spontaneous, but it wasn't. It's it's as though that's the natural reaction, right? So back to what you were talking about, I think that when we, 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 we admit in step one that we're powerless and that, that starts the, the change and, and, and done truly, that desire to drink is, is gone by, that, by the time you're done with that um, experience of doing that step. But I, do you think that it's the same power of acknowledging the 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 awareness, the the ever present everything of awareness? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, being the awareness is the complete acknowledgement of the awareness. Yeah, so we can. We're going to start from somewhere every day. There's a basis that we blast off from. There's a platform or there's a starting line, yeah? And basically, you can look at two different positions. It could start from self or it can start from before self, yeah? One is a spiritual condition. One is a mental condition. We've run the race tons of times in the mental condition posture and in the mental condition positioning, yeah? We know it. Yeah, we know it now. Yeah, and you start having a sense of what it's like to start from the spiritual position. Yeah, and how the race, though there still may be a race, but how you travel or run through the race changes. Your hope that the only way the race can change is if the race changes, you've realized that's, fool, that's a fool's gold. You've now see it in a different way. Now you're on to really where the solution resides, which is before the problem. Yeah. 
And the solution isn't going to work if it's administered by the problem. It isn't. You'll get temporary relief, but you'll still be boxed in. You will. You'll still share like, oh, I was feeling really great, but I'm still fucked up. You know, just no, you know, don't, I don't want to outgrow this really. Yeah. So, yeah. One is a slavery because the possibility of perhaps there is a better way isn't entertained. You enter every way by the one way called self-centeredness. And, the, and then that one way of self-centeredness gives meaning to all the other ways you get introduced. So they somehow become like a same old, same old, really. Yeah? So the whole point is, yeah, you're going to be led to certain ways to get better physically or whatever, but let's look at where we're starting from. What's the basis of our life? Is it of spirit, let's say? Let's, that's a term. Or of mind? Or of mental? Yeah. Am I going to respond to living or am, or am I reacting yeah, to an interpretation of living? Most of us are, we've been saddled with a reaction, so we react, we react to a lot of different things the same way. We take a lot of different things to be a threat, yeah, because we're seeing from a threatened condition. That's why. It's not like the... the the fear is manifesting in all these ways. We're projecting a fear on a lot of different manifestations. <laughs> That's what's happening. Because we're living from that statement, self-seeking and frightened. It doesn't say self-seeking and then period frightened. It says self-seeking and frightened. That's the whole condition. Self-seeking isn't a separate condition. It's self-seeking and frightened. That's the condition. Yeah? That's where many of us are starting from. It's just, uh, it's been manufactured and reinforced by the mental state. We're obsessing over shit that we're directed to obsess over by the mental state. It reinforces the bondage to this, to this idea of being the past you that's just projecting the same fucking fears into a future you and then trying to escape from both of them right now. Really? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> it's like, what? Could you, could you imagine if you were at the starting point and it wasn't, the first move it provoked wasn't trying to escape? <laughs> the race would be different, completely different. Completely. Yeah. I mean... So I saw where I went when the basis of my life was irritable, restless, and discontent in a sense of dissatisfaction, yeah, and unease, yeah. And I've also noticed how life is seen when I'm in an ease and comfort, and that my okayness isn't based on arriving at okayness through the day, but as a, a possibility of, of expressing throughout the day and okayness, yeah. What a difference. That's why it talks about a new attitude and a new outlook. This isn't about, oh, we're going to rehabilitate the system. It's the only system there is, so we're going to try to convince this parasite to be a service animal. You know, of course, I have to it'll bite me a number of times. I'll tolerate with that because I can't entertain any other fucking way. 
because I'm calling it me. How can I be free from what I'm calling me? <laughs> it's impossible. And it, we've, hopefully we've had enough evidence that it's not going to work but being free as self. It doesn't work. I mean, seriously, you spend three weeks in a controlled environment and you feel great. Once the controlled environment changes, you're fucked in an hour maybe. You start flipping out as you're driving away from the retreat center. <laughs> I mean, seriously, do I want to live like that? Do I want to have a huge cost and a very small payoff? What an ins that's an insane deal to live by. That scale is way tipped, yeah? Mm -hmm. So yes, we got to be convinced not only that there's a new, there's a, a, perhaps there's a better way, but to realize the failure of the old way. And the failure of the old way is rooted in the act of being identified as that which has defeated us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize it more. Yeah, how all, the, all that will happen will be the way of the defeats will change, but the defeat will be the basic condition. Because self lives by obs obsessing, lives by interpretation. It's not living. It was living and it's going to be living. That's its fucking story. Yeah, that's not living. Yeah, it isn't. Living isn't reacting to yesterday all day. It isn't. And living isn't reacting to tomorrow all day. Living is responding to what's happening. And when you respond to the what's not happening in the what's happening, yes, you see it as a very small activity, not fucking everything. So the head is constantly never in the pasture where you're feeding, which is now. It's fucking grazing yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah. Far out. Let it graze. I don't want to be there fucking on it all day watching. Yeah. I don't want to watch and flip out about August 15th when it's July 22nd. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't have to wait till nine at night to know I had a bad day when I've been having a bad day since nine in the morning. I don't. I don't want to live by mental reports, and I don't want to be affected by mental forecasts. I don't, because it's an insane fucking weatherman up there. It had me. It had me sleeping in raincoats every second, every day. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> wait, 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 so we got the, we got the, it's slavery. Yeah. Yeah. You're enslaved to a past. Yeah. In the fear of a future. What the fuck? No, I, I feel like it's very, see, you can become masters of the solution, not seeing the problem. You can understand every fucking word and shit like that, and it's still a bondage. Because the root of the disease hasn't been noticed. You keep calling its manifestations yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. How are you going to take an inventory of something as that something? It's going to have a very biased view. It's not going to reveal much. You can't do a fearless inventory 
if you're the store that you're inventory. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Because you feel bad about buying those 500 pairs of elephant jeans. So you're going to lie about that, you know? You're not, there's not, that you can't have a fearless inventory if you're taking an inventory of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes against your defense mechanism. Yeah. But if you see it as self, as a foreign agent, you can be brutally honest, finally. Yeah. Brutally mm -hmm. honest. Has it... Has it induced the ability to have viable relationships with other people? No, it hasn't. Yeah? Has it ever delivered the goods about happy, joyousness, and freedom? No. It advertises a lot, but it doesn't. Yeah? Is it reliable? No. Is it a failed GPS? Yes. Yeah? Is it a lot of false evidence appearing real to a false evidence? Yes. Yeah? Where is that going to go? Uh, I pretty much can tell you, if you have a tendency of alcoholism and addiction, I'm going to go to fuck it, and I'm probably going to do something really stupid that's going to give me a fucking ink tattoo in this world. Yeah? Maybe lose my family, go to jail, get run over by a car. Yeah? Or just live a futile existence, completely being absorbed by worrying about what's not happening. I used to do this once, this is, I used to be a house painter, and so I had this job, I worked for this, this family a number of times, and they had an, uh, the grandmother was living with them, and the grandmother did this thing with her hands all day, she'd be worrying, and she'd be watching us paint all day, and then near the end of the day she says, are you going to take those cans off the floor? The paint cans, like, oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, and she'd be like, all day. So one night I fucked with her. I left it there. And I, and I could see her hands speeding up. And she was going, oh, <laughs> it was fucking insane. It was insane to spend the whole day absorbed. Will there be a paint can left? Of course I'm not going to leave the paint can. I'm a house painter, professional. Oh, yeah, I'm going to leave it right here. <laughs> But the head, and you could see it. It was just... <laughs> Luckily, a lot of people, you can't notice that. It, but it's happening. You can notice it if you spend any uh, time with them. Yeah? You can see it. Yeah. They're not... That's not living. That's foregoing living and having it replaced by an interpretation. Is it, is it or isn't it? Mm-hmm. How can I live, how can I live in August 15th on July 28th? I can't. We try to make it obvious by embellishing it, but it's the case. I mean, something has gone wild, not just the self, you know, uh, what is it called? self-will running riot and shit it's but see that self-will running riot is driven by a fucking dynamo of mental agitation mm -hmm. that's just dying to manifest to us yeah it's never it's never satisfied with just running around here it wants to fucking express yeah it wants to leave a mark 
and it's probably going to be a big one on you. But it does. It has a drive. It sets up the fuckets almost as if it, that's going to be the propulsion. It's going to break through the little membrane of you and then into the world. And you're going to do something based on that false evidence. And the shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah? And then to avoid the shit hitting the fan, you'll probably keep drinking. Yeah? And it will just keep on, keep on. Yes? Until you're in the bottom again. Yeah? Yeah. Blaming away, not seeing your role in things, not wanting to do an inventory, fuck that. You're just fucking blind and you're righteous about it. At that point, anything can be done through you. Because that it's captured us completely. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I saw it very vast. I saw it. In a description of one night in my life, when I went home on that freezing cold night, January 30th, 1980, checking out the last place I could go out and seeing there was nobody there, just a waitress and a bartender, went home to my sister's house, Sunday, freezing cold. Should have been the end of the evening, but the agitation of the mind presented a case. Maybe a big party erupted at that bar. You're missing out on something. Maybe a real nice babe. And anything's better than fucking being here with Paul. So... I got back in that car and I drove back to that bar and I got run over as I was crossing the street. Yeah. And that that night of it breaking through the membrane has left the mark on my experience as a body for 41 years. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good extension for a thought, for a bunch of thoughts to compel an effect for 41 years. That's... Yeah, and it came from it came from a habitual fuck it I was living in. I wasn't arriving at fuck it, I was living at fuck it. It didn't have to work hard to get me to do anything. I was reacting as it, basically. I was jumping to every one of its suggestions. Because it seemed so unbearable to be here. Yeah. But it was a mental here I was trying to escape as a mental idea with completely without knowing it until I finally saw it in through the program of recovery. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what truly was going on. Yet, if you asked me, I thought I knew everything. Yeah. But I was totally blind to what was running this thing called Paul, for sure. But that was a substantial experience with a huge contrast, yeah? Because thousands of times people are taking those subtle suggestions and they're doing something and nothing really quote unquote bad happens, but their life has been eroded, yeah? They're living in like a mental box. That's, you know, I'd rather get hit by a car and get over it and realize something than live like that for 50 years. If it took a fucking car to be part of my waking up to the situation, I'd fucking take it based on how it is now, for sure. Yeah. So, 
This is a possibility. Yeah, there is a solution. And there is a diagnosis of the problem. There is. Maybe not at the beginning of recovery in the big book, because they didn't have that much time of sobriety. But now there is. People have seen more. More has been revealed. I've been adamant about it since it occurred. And I'm open to being mistaken. But nothing's changed my mind in like 30 years. When I saw self as something foreign, immediately I had the ability not only to entertain I could be free from it, but it started the ball rolling to actually have that manifest in my life. Yeah? But the, the, the possibility of being free from it was totally dependent on seeing the identification as it. Because I have been trying to be free as it since I've been six years old. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I needed that to be clear before the second possibility could gain any traction, which is I can be free from it. I'd have to see it as something other than me. Yeah. I've witnessed people that they haven't seen it that way. And they sometimes take their life because they can't see any other option. They don't see any space to be distant from that which is talking to them. They believe it's them. Therefore, to get freedom from that, they have to end the whole show. Yeah. It's like they say, it's an ex- what is it, an extreme solution for a temporary problem. Yeah. But when the temporary problem has been called you for a long time, you think that's a fucking long lasting problem to the point it's unfucking bearable. Yeah. It's not a, you don't see it as a temporary. You don't see Paul as temporary. You don't see Anne as temporary. Yeah. The parasite gets a long-living expectation by being identified as the host. We can't see the difference between self and us. That's why it, I, don't, I feel one of the great motivations of resistance to the program cons- is concerned with the fourth step. Most people go out around the fourth step because obviously the parasite doesn't want you to look at your role in things because you're going to see its role in things. You are. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're armed with an understanding. You're going to see, Jesus, I'm not calling a resentment mind from now on. That's fucking insane. insane. That's a totally old mistake. Yeah? It's been corrected. It's a manifestation of self. It's written right in our book on page 64. <laughs> Oh, I'm a, I'm a big book follower. Well, you're not following it if you keep calling self-manifestations yours. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not following mm-hmm. the book. You're following you. You're following the problem. Yeah. Tell me how it can be read. Being convinced that self 
manifested in various ways. All right, so he doesn't catalog, he doesn't catalog them. He does the next paragraph, but at that point, he doesn't go off on resentment is, but it's obvious you can't get lost after one sentence, you know. It's pretty simple. He says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was and is, was what had defeated us and is what's defeating us. You could put that in there. We considered its common manifestations. Now, this isn't a stretch. Resentment. Resentment, manifestation of self in our lives. <laughs> it's, all it has to cross is one sentence. It can't be forgotten that quickly. Yeah? So, resentment. Oh, what else is inventory in our introductory inventory? Fear. Oh, manifestation of self in one's life. Harming other people in pursuit of what we want. Being blind to what we could possibly hurt people with because we want the prize. That's called self-centeredness. There you go. Manifestation of self in our lives. I'm going to go home and do an inventory on my resentments, my fears, and my... What the fuck? What the hell? See the stubbornness? Mm -hmm. Because this, the problem talks and we're in a habit of believing it's us. Yeah? Mm -hmm. You can recognize self yeah, and us in the inventory, It's but it's really great when you start recognize self and us here. It's Hopefully it's a beginning when you have it on paper. The seeing is really when you recognize it here. Yeah? That, all right, <laughs> that's not of us. <laughs> that's self. And what of us is, is the commonality of all of us, which is spirit. Yes? <laughs> that's when the value really increases. Yeah? The inventories helped you have the eyes to see self by describing shit and then applying this understanding by that statement, page 64, to the shit, we start seeing in a very weird way self-defeated us. Then you start seeing it getting ready to defeat you. That's called fucking spiritual awakening. That's called the progress of recovery. Yeah? You, you progress from the description of a past crime into recognizing the criminal before the crime. That's progress. Huge progress. Mm -hmm. That's basically, that's part of the effect of a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening, you wake up before the problem, not as the problem. <laughs> You're there when seemingly Paul wakes up. <laughs> you can see the emperor put on its clothes every day. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a rant. Yeah. Uh, that, that was awesome, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Ann, for your question. Our next question comes from our participants today, and he put it in chat for us. We have Stephen on his iPad. He asked, 
Is self the same as ego? My feeling, no, but wherever you want to start, any way you can picture it as other is helpful. So, yeah. But uh, to me, there isn't even self. I just use that terminology in recovery. There's selfing that's implying there already is a self. So there's an activity of the mental state combined with a lot of reinforcement in memory and shit like that (laughs) and obsession. So this selfing is implying that we already are a self. Yeah, that we were a self and we're going to be a self. (laughs) So basically it's saying there's no race other than the race that starts here. (laughs) Basically, it sort of limits our possibilities right off the get-go. So you don't even have the option to... to, uh, beg off the becoming a self, it's already saying you are one. (laughs) So the sense of self, I can explain it, the difference I feel with the ego is there'll be a statement, I have an ego, and a statement, I lose an I've lost an ego, but the sense of being the one who had the ego and the one who lost the ego is the sense of self. It's a sense, yeah? It's a feeling of being there if there's an ego and being there if there's not an ego. <laughs> so why would you want to keep cutting down the ego <laughs> when the self is what's, what's uh, causing the shadow? Yeah. The sense of self, yes? The sense of owning, the sense of being the one, being the many being the, the past, being the one in the future, that sense of proprietoriness, the sense of, you know, the doer, the seer, the feeler, the haver of an ego, the loser of an ego, that's the sense of self to me. So it is different. Okay. In my, in the way I see it, yeah. The ego to me is like an objectification of the mental state by the mental state, yeah. So it has deep wells that are usually sexually oriented, whatever, as Freud and stuff. And so all of our behaviors are like mutated instincts, yeah. Yeah. But there's a feeling or a sense that goes on when there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, that implies there's a seer, hearer, feeler, taster, toucher. That's what I'm in, I'm interested in. That, yeah. Awesome. I'm really not interested in. Yeah, I'm just interested in that. That's great. Awesome. Well, we have a we have one more other question. It came from um, the Facebook page, and the Facebook question from Andrew goes. Through my own experience of flooding a bathroom, I have that self, a.k.a. Andy, regarding the guy above me in his bathroom, just the self, a.k.a. thing comes up with scenarios. He's going to flood me out below. And the thoughts and anxieties causes restless, irritable, etc. Knock on his door, which is not me. Like he said, I could end up in trouble. What do I do? Wow, 
I hate to have you repeat that, but can you repeat it? I sort of lost the narr narration halfway through. Okay. Would you like me to read it again? Yes. Yeah, so he's in a bathroom and it's flooding the tub. Yeah. Through my own experience of flooding a bathroom, I have that self, a.k.a. Andy, regarding the guy above me in his bathroom, just the self, a.k.a. thing comes up with scenarios. He's going to flood me out below. And the thoughts and anxieties causes restless irritability, etc. Knock on his door, which is not me. Like he said, I could end up in trouble. What do I do? Don't trust that and go knock on his door. Oh. Yeah. Or see that you're not that which is trusting that and knock on his door. But the action is the same. Knock on his door. Gotcha. Yeah. If something's going to flood and it may have a big effect on someone else, try to, yeah. Stop <laughs> it. It seems like a good move to inform them there's going to be a tsunami coming out of the ceiling or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or as the way my solution would be, I would have just left the apartment and never came back. <laughs> Because I'd feel too much shame for fucking flooding someone's bathroom. <laughs> I'd just leave the building and move to another state. <laughs> you know, I had this event once. We have time, right? Yes. A lot of things I've, I've had living uh, demonstrations of the program. So I was early, early sobriety. And I needed a car. So I was, these people in the program had a car they were willing to sell. So they let me take it down south to Santa Cruz. I took a drive. And on the way back to the city, San Francisco, I went up this road, Highway 17, that's infamous for road conditions. It's a steep going over the mountain. It's a two-lane road. Yeah, two lanes on each side, I think. And sometimes it becomes one lane and it was raining and I hydroplaned, right? My, I lost the traction. And what's funny was time really slowed down. I was doing a 360 in the car and it was like da 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 da. I was wondering and my head came, I'll know how bad it is when I hit the guardrail. And then I twisted and then I just hit the guardrail pretty softly. But now the lights had gone off, the car had died and it was dangerous these people were coming around turns and they were just missing me and they were hitting each other a little bit or hit the guardrail you know so someone stopped we put the flares and we got the lights on and I was so afraid my head's telling me massive accident on highway 17 Paul Hedeman the perpetrator of many deaths so I wanted to fucking take off like I always would yeah. So as soon as I got the car going, I was going to just drive, go to the next exit, drive into a, an area and try to park like in a wooden area, just hide out for a few hours. Right. So I get the car starting and I and there's people pulling over to the rest stop that had hit each other a little bit. I pulled in there. 
because of AA. I was going to face the music, yeah? Now, the, 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 the forecast of the music was dire, completely dire, which would have been appropriate to my reaction. I wanted to fucking take off. But I'd been introduced to the solution, so I pulled over, and I, the cops came, a fire truck came, and they go, okay, whatever, who did it? And I said, you know, I, le I hydroplaned. And then they looked at all the cars, and they said, does anyone want to, you know, bring anything up? And no one said anything. So then they just looked to see if our cars ran, and we all took off. Now, I had a little, one of those little voice recorders, and I recorded the demonstration of the program because I would have fucking ran. I would have. And then even if I didn't get caught, I would have been caught by that because I'd be reading the paper and fucking, you know. But no, I, I, I was willing against all the evidence up here to just take the, I was responsible. Yeah, nothing fucking happened. And I recorded it. So that I wouldn't forget that fucking demonstration. This is what happens in the program. You learn like you can lay, you can face life successfully. I su successfully faced that accident by showing up for it. If I would have ran, yes, it would have been running me. This is how perhaps there's a better way becomes the better way. By, take, by seemingly what it looks like is a chance, which isn't, it's really relying on something that's reliable, but in the beginning, you're thinking, hey, fuck that, I'm taking off. No, you show up and see what happens. Yeah? It yeah. blew my mind, really. It was such a demonstration, because I knew exactly what I wanted was going to do, which is run. Exactly. And yet I didn't. Yeah? And that was the beginning of life changing for me. I was under the process. I was on the operating table. And it seemed like I had made a commitment of not getting up. Because I was convinced the old way fucking doesn't work. Yeah. Even though, man, my blood was boiling. I wanted to get away so fucking fast. I was going to hide out in somebody's garage. Until I could feel it blow over and then drive home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, that false evidence seemed like a CNN news channel for me. I believed every fucking thing, but now I had something else in there. Something else was hearing the fucking newscast, and that something else wasn't moved by it. And that was placed in me through recovery and the higher power. Yeah? A new possibility was available. Yeah? And it motivated me to do amends and everything else, man. There was a lot of shit I did not want to face up to. I had two big warrants out for my arrest. And the first inventory I did, I told the guy, I'm not dealing with this shit. No fucking way. I'm not going to jail. So I'm not doing it. So he said, that's fine. Just keep doing the program. A year later, I meet this babe in San Francisco, AA. And, uh... Unbeknownst to me, she's an assistant DA for San Francisco. So she picks out my record before we start getting a little too uh, cozy, you know. And she says, I have these outstanding warrants, which I didn't want to see. I knew, but I didn't want to see them. She saw them and she brought it up. She says, hey, Paul, 
you know, I can maybe help you a little bit with these warrants, but you're going to have to show up. And I was willing. At a year before, I was never going to fucking do it. And a year after being on the operating table for that long, I was willing to do it. I needed a little help, so life conspired to have this lady meet me who was a DA, but it doesn't matter how what got me into that court, I went to the court. And you know what? All I had to pay was a fine. Now I don't have two fucking outstanding, outstanding warrants. And when you have an outstanding warrant, if they stop you for anything, you go directly to jail. There's no, oh, uh, you have to report a three days late. No, you're in jail. Yeah. I used a great one. This is another great story. This happened. <laughs> this happened when I was using. I had been, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, you know, when I was using, I was afraid to go to court because court seemed to lead me to go to jail. Yeah. So my solution to that uh, dilemma of, going, you know, the fear of going to jail was not to go to court. That was my head solution. So my head, I went to the wise one. I said, oh, wise one, I'm anxious about going to jail concerning this court date. He says, well, then just don't go to court and then you won't, you won't go to jail. So I followed that like I have always. And uh, the day I was supposed to be in court, I was drinking and I was thinking, oh, those fucking jamokes in court and I'm my solutions worked once again. I get pulled over by a cop for a broken taillight. He comes over to the door, tells me, and uh, so I give him my stuff. I haven't done anything. I'm thinking I'm in the clear, but I didn't know I had missed that court date and a bench warrant had been put out. And a bench warrant means you immediately go to jail. So he sits in his police car for a long time, it seemed like. 20 minutes, like he had a giant novel about me. He comes back to the car, and if you hear this in America, you're going to jail, which is, uh, Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? <laughs> so I step out of the car, and I start throwing a fucking alcoholic tantrum, and now they bring me to jail. Now, I was afraid to go to jail, and my solution was not go to court. Now I'm in jail and I have two new court dates. That's how it was in my life. Yes? My solution to a problem was the bigger problem. <laughs> I mean, she says, if we're not interested in the better way, we better review our past life. Because... <laughs> I don't know how we're going to continue to live like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in jail. I'm not in court. I avoid the court. I'm in jail and I have two court dates, two new court dates. That was my solution or the solution I followed. <laughs> now, that was just one incident. Come, now, imagine all the decisions every day based on self. You're not going to probably drink. You're going to have to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you have to because you've got to try to crowd out that information that you're fucked. You do. It's too scary in the seeming condition you're in to deal with it. So let's get loaded. So my idea 
I'm never going to deal with the old shit. I just made up new shit. So I never had to go back to the old. Yeah? What? These, these are not working strategies. I'm not no. going to have a weekend intensive and people are going to pay to learn these ways of living. <laughs> they are aspects of a failed system. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing the the envelope or the mail that I would never look at I open first just open it first check it out you know <laughs> this is a new attitude and a new outlook it's a new freedom and a new happiness that's right yeah. The, the freedom isn't for Paul, it's from Paul. <laughs> A.K.A. self. If you think Paul, if you think Paul is a spiritual being, uh, you better look at your license, your driver's license. It's Paul, A.K.A. self. <laughs> Trying to get out of self. <laughs> self can't get out of self i don't understand paul can't get out of self exactly because right. you don't you haven't entertained the act of being identified as self it explains why paul's not successful getting out of self because paul is an extension of self right. <laughs> that's why self can't get out of self but that doesn't apply to me. It's Paul. No, it does. Because you're not Paul. You're AKA self being called Paul. <laughs> By the disease itself. <laughs> so, Doctor, it's Dracula plays the role of Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah. And then switches back to Dracula, Van Helsing, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's we'll switch gears for a minute here. We have we have Marcus back with us today, and he put a question in chat for you, Paul. Yes, is it progress for me that I call up another alcoholic to help me stay in the solution when I run into a problem and I don't know why I don't understand why I don't make the twelve steps a priority, but I do everything else. But I do recognize certain things about playing a role in the situation. Well, yeah. If you call someone before you drink, you may not drink. If you call someone after you drink, it's harm reduction. Yeah. Okay. So that's the whole point of that's my difference between a recovered alcoholic and an alcoholic. One calls you before they drink, the other calls you after they drink. After they drink, the genie's out of the bottle. It's cleanup time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I think I see that as progress, that you picked up the phone. Yeah, I do. You've got to, no matter how small it may seem, your honoring it gives it a hugeness. You've got to honor the demonstration of perhaps there is a better way. Yeah. No one else is going to. You're going to honor it. Yeah. You have a, you have very, there's so many little mini miracles people can't understand because they're about you. Yeah. Something changes that 
seems really important that wouldn't be important to someone else. You have to honor it. Yeah, that's the response. That's it's like, you know, the uh the higher power demonstrates. It's like, you know, a concert where they go, you, you, you know, there's a yeah, there's a call for a response. Honor. Honor. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps the better way is working. Because the old way wants to erode it all the while, yeah? It, why? That's why people forget miracles so quickly. But they remember past seeming slights for 40 years, yeah? yeah. This isn't an, an even playing field. The whole game is biased. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yes, I see that as progress, for sure. Okay. We have a couple more questions that came from the chat. It seems like people are timid today. And um, the one question from Shana is, I was trying to find in the book where it's talking about it's by one's self-forgetting. And she kept thinking that it was in the promises, but I believe it was from the 11th. No, that's St. That's Francis prayer, the part of oh. the book with the St. Francis prayer. It's in yeah. self-forgetting that you're reborn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it's not, it's not in self trying to self forget. <laughs> it's self forgetting. It's not forgetting. It's not self forgetting. It's self forgetting. Yeah. You're forgetting self. <laughs> Which is impossible if you take yourself to be self. Yeah. Right. Forgetting self would be a form of remembering self. Yeah. There would be one aspect of self saying it's forgetting self. And actually reinforcing the self. Okay. Yeah, it's a. The problem comes in two hands. Yeah, you have to see the one, and then to see the the idea of the one that's now observing the old one. They're both forms of self. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, yeah, uh, self-forgetting that we're reborn, I think it was the statement by St. Francis. It's, yes, I think it, yeah. Yeah. And then we have Rhonda put in the direct chat that the big book says that down deep in everyone is an inner knowing. So we feel and hear right from wrong all our lives. Is the knowing right from wrong spirit versus self? And we do create our own hell, anxiety, and depression by not listening to the good voices all our lives? Well, the second part, I don't think you create anything. Something moves through you and manifests. Yeah. Okay. So, and then the other one was, uh, yeah, that knowing, that innermost, yes, I think that's of us, of what we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The intuitive thought, those sudden realizations that something's doing for you what you can't do for yourself is an aspect of spiritual awakening. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel. F spiritual awakening may look like it takes time, but it's immediate in its awakening. Yeah? That's, a, that's the root of an aha or a recognition in a flash about shit that's been running you for 30 years. That's of the spirit, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, we still have uh, we have one question from a, from a participant here, Eamon. Um, asked to unmute. Would you like to come in and ask a question? Yeah, hi, I'm Eamon. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Paul. Amen. I met you a while ago. Um, I had a couple of questions. You just said um, is a recognition in a flash to see self as something foreign. And um, that's not something that I can get as, no. a, as a self. Is that just, that's the first question. Is that just grace? Because I, you know, I do the program. I'm sober quite, quite a number of years. I do, I do what, what I'm supposed to do to stay sober. I do it, apparently. Um, yeah. And some people do get this, this flash, this kind of like instant awakening, this recognition of the not, who they think they are, and I, I, I know I, that's that's not going to be something I do. It's not like I'm going to going to be doing the steps, and when I get to this point, the end, the end of the twelfth step, then I'm going to get this thing. And the second question is, unless you want to answer the first question now. Now, give me the second one. They may be lead they're, to. They're interlinked. The second one is um, this maintenance of a spiritual condition. There was a guy, uh, Harry Tebow, and he talked about the, the yes. uh, recuperative powers of the ego. Yes. And um, I found, I do nightly inventory, and, you know, I get relief from the inventory. I do, because I see some truth, you know. But it keeps coming back. And it's like that game whack-a-mole, you know, sometimes. I mean, I, I'm generally, like keeping on top of my spiritual condition, which I know, <laughs> I don't know if that's really true, to be honest, but it's like this recuperative, I don't know if you can speak about that, recuperative power of the ego. It seems like it's just going to keep popping up and I got to get the relief and then it pops up and then I get the relief and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. But yes, it, but uh, it's, the thing it's, is, all right, let me answer that second part. It's not the ego that resurrects. We resurrect the ego. Yeah. So the ego is a, the mental state presents ideas and then we give life to them. Yeah. And so it's the sense of identification as that which the ego is representing that recuperates because it's a mechanical activity. It's based on let's say you want to call conscious contact, the way I see conscious contact is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? And then you see thoughts in a certain way or like that. So that would be a conscious contact. There's not anyone who's in contact, there's consciousness in contact, yeah? Going through the eyes, the ears, the, the nerves and stuff like that, yes? So that conscious contact allows things to be noticed yeah when things are noticed and there's there's feelings sensed and objects seen and notes heard the mental state arises and claims that claims the hearing to imply a hearer yeah claims the seeing to imply a seer this is the recuperative thing of it because it's mechanical so you can have a moment where that mechanicalness, its effects are paused, 
but it's probably in time it's going to trigger back. What happens is when you see the central cog of all that activity is a feeling that it's you gets weakened, then there's a loss of interest in the activity. The activity continues, but it doesn't take up the amount of screen time it used to take up. Yeah. So instead of like, you know, those big TVs, you can have one big movie going on and then there's a little corner of the screen that has, let's say, CNN on. Yeah. So it's only it's a small square and then there's a huge thing. That's sort of what it's like when there's a loss of interest in this idea of self. Yeah. The selfing's view is still being broadcast. There's a news pro. There's a whole news channel that supports it, like a propaganda channel. But it's but you're in the the living event of a much larger view. Yeah. So this is sort of what happens in my observation of it. Now the first thing was I lost the first part of it, but this idea of it coming back. Uh, it's going to keep coming back, but a lot of you won't be there to meet it all the time. Yes? In other words, so there's a huge difference between hearing something and listening to something. See? So you'll hear the presentation of life based on self, but you're not listening to it anymore. Yeah? Where before, you were a devoted follower of it, and you were holding on to every little fucking note. Now you're sort of it's like a radio station in another room. You'd have to really be intent on hearing it. You know, you'd have to really try to listen to it to hear it. Yeah. And then the first part I don't I lost. So tell me again. Oh yeah, that was about the um the, the flash, the flash of recognition. Oh the flash. Well the thing is, if there is a nature that we are, yeah, that isn't brought about or expressed in time. Yeah. So the spirit is not of time. So a whole lot of spirit can be sensed in a nanosecond. Yes. That's what I was implying. So it says like in that on in the in the beginning of the book when you sincerely take this position of reliance on something greater than self, let's call it spirit, yeah? You will suddenly realize that something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. That's the entrance of spirit in your life. It's a very sudden entrance because it never entered. It was always there. Yeah. So it has a different feeling. So sometimes you hear suddenly like a thunderbolt. It's just trying to imply the immediacy of what I see as the solution, really. Yeah. Yeah. The solution is not of the mental state nor through the mental state. The solution, solution is from another system altogether, which I think is more of what we are, yeah? That sense of being. And that being is never not being. It's being. That's its nature, yeah? So if the solution is the sense of being, then the solution is always available at all times, right where you are. Because you're, wherever you are is based on being, <laughs> If there wasn't a being, you wouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now the head makes up the was and the will be because then it doesn't it it uses the being 
to be obsessed about what's not happening. But it wouldn't be able to entertain yesterday and tomorrow if there wasn't a now, now. Yeah? So the being is the basis of all, and it's not of mentalness. Mentalness is of time. Mentalness is of process, which is time. Yeah? Spirit is not of time. I don't see it that way. No. Yeah? So, yeah. Your seeming awakening may grow, but the spirit doesn't. <laughs> the, doesn't the spirit doesn't grow. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a certain size to grow. <laughs> it's just there, you know, or it's just here. So, yeah, that's the idea of suddenly for me. I'm not talking about what they call the spiritual experience in the book where you had a sudden white light thing. I'm talking about the suddenness that's always here, <laughs> which is something different than an experience. Yeah. I hope that helped. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. All right, thank you. Uh, well, Paul, that's it for today. That's all the questions we have for today. Um, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for clarifying a lot for me today oh it's fantastic i'm so just happy and privileged to be here it's really an awesome uh yeah it's an awesome possibility yeah all right so uh i want to say goodbye so there's going to be for the people that go to the non-duality meetings there's not going to be one on saturday because we're doing a retreat for another group uh for the week for Saturday and Sunday. So I may stop in, but I'm not going to be there the whole time. Right, Mike? Yeah. Mike is going to have the room open, I think. Yes? And yeah. And then if I have a break, I'll come in there. But uh, yeah, we can just get together and have fellowship. All right. So I want to say hello to Steve and goodbye. Nice to see you, Steve D. Thank hey, you. Yes? I noticed that Rich has his hand up. Should we, uh, could, yeah, yeah, you have time? okay, Rich, Rich, come on in. I see your hand up. Um, you have a question for Paul? Thank you. Hi, Paul, how are you doing? Good. Um, yeah, just how I phrase this, really. Um, I see, I see self, I've seen it for years. I've always described it as survival instincts. I know it's not me, it's just what I've done to get by, but I've always seen that it's not me. But now I see that the way it tends to play out is in um, relationships. I meet people and have that initial honeymoon period like everyone does and it's all great. And then I see all the madness play out and I've realised it's the same as my parents' relationship where um, it probably has gone on for generations before and just any kind of direction really, how to get out of that madness rather than I figured to spend the rest of my life single would be just to avoid. So Yeah, yeah. That's a reliance on self. That's one of the answers it comes up with. Never yeah. have a relationship. <laughs> if, it's, well, if it has to do with always and never, it's, it's suspect usually. I'm always going to be this way. It's never going to happen. To humbly, you know, Rich, I'll tell you something. 
I'm going to try to make it quick, but I had a very, in my significant relationships where you would call love was involved and then there was the, the passion and everything like that, something else would also show up when I was in one of those relationships, which was a very uh, paranoid suspicion that somebody was setting me up for a fall. There would be no evidence. It would all be projected. Yeah. The person would have no idea that this was being cooked, but I was drinking it up like a fucking elixir <laughs> and it would lead to an acting out. Yeah. Yeah. And I would fuck things up. And a lot of times it would happen on holidays for some reason or nearby holidays. And it was based obviously on a feeling of being everything. I, I'm all that there is to think about, but no, I'm nothing, you know, I'm not much. There was just a huge sense of uh, un being incapable that had me feeling very guilty and shame-based, yeah? And it would trigger, and for years this would happen, and one of my solutions was limit my affairs. I can't get that serious with anyone because this thing's going to come out, yeah? And then... I was in the, when I first came in AA, I was blaming it on my drug use and alcohol. And then when it showed up and I hadn't been drinking, I realized I was wrong about that assumption. And so I got, did therapy a, a couple of times. I brought it to get surrendered. And basically, uh, you know, I had grown in a certain sense hopeless, but I kept running into relationships, you know, which kept giving me this invitation to like learn how to face life successfully. I was trying to avoid them, but I'd find myself in them. And uh, this one night, it was New Year's Eve. I was acting like an asshole. I left the lady's apartment, but I didn't really want to leave, but I wanted to show I could leave. I got in the car. I called her right back up. I wanted to get round three. I went back up. And then uh, there was a moment, there was a pause and I could see that big foot getting close to my mouth, but it didn't get in. Something did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And from that point on, things got better. And it right. led me yeah, into having fruitful, really, it has led me into having fruitful, intimate relationships with people. And one of the things that has really helped that is seeing things when I'm in a relationship to see it through the lens of us. Not me and her, because me and her produces an adversarial thing occasionally. Yeah. But I see it as us. So there's me and her that make an us. Yeah? And I'm willing to do more for us than I would do for me and her. Yeah? So it's been a very workable understanding because something had, did, did for me finally what I couldn't do for myself. It, it took out that fucking radioactive isotope. Yeah, it just took it out and I was relieved of that, that one aspect. So as someone who had suffered under something very similar and all the knowledge about everything else didn't really seem to fit on this, that pattern, there, there, uh, there is a solution. It might not be seeming like it's complete now, but it could be in the process of completion. So just trust the process, bro. Right. It hit Thank you. I really my eleventh year, I think, my eleventh year of sobriety. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eleventh year. Yeah, 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that that was thing. And yeah, I mean, I got a a letter about three days ago telling me all the things I'd done wrong and essentially taking my inventory. And rather than send one similar back, I've just waited and waited and waited. Yes, I would put that until uh, there's no charge there. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. I have sent some back now and it's been very much more about let's go for a walk and have a chat. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, but just remember, uh, even though some things seem like they're untouched by grace, they're, they're not. The grace is available there. Wherever you are and whatever situation you're in, there's an access of grace available. Thank you, Paul. And thanks, Mike, for spotting me. Came in at last second. So I really appreciate that. So thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, Rich, for that. All right, let me say goodbye for everyone, eh? Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Right, we got Mike Z. We got Mike O. We're on a run. We got Mickey. I'll be seeing you, <laughs> Mickey, on Saturday. Paul, wearing a jacket today, too, I think. Or no, a button, another button-up shirt. Oh, all right. Don't worry, I'm getting prepared for the summer and spring. I got it. You're going down, Paul. You're going down. Yes. We got Rob Farr. We got Connor M. Nice to meet you, Connor. Walter, Roy. Roy looks quite relaxed. Have a nice day, Roy. Yeah. We got Roman. Thanks for all the support, Roman. Kurt, same thing. Eamon, nice to see you, Eamon. Uh, Jacob from Seattle. I think I'm going to be seeing you Saturday, Jacob. Yes, good. We got James. Nice to meet you, James G. Maggie, she's left the uh, the arena. James Lebowski, always a pleasure, James. Yeah. Tom H. Nice to see you, Tom. Zoe, yes, he's back. On having never left, Kaiser. Yes, always good to see you, Kaiser. Uh, we got Jack G somewhere. We got Kristen. Always a pleasure. Kevin. Nice to see you, Kevin. Oh, we got Marcus and Ellis. Nice to see you, Marcus, with your son. Is it your son? Very nice to see you, Marcus. Yes. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, are we keeping our bond together? We're both sober today? Yes. Oh, very good. Very good. Excellent. We got Ben C., Nice to see you, Ben. Rich, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Ellie, there. We got Taz from uh, Melbourne. Yes, nice to see you, Taz. Don't let them forget me there, Mel. We got to come. We're going to come there soon. Michael S., thanks for the help, Michael, today. Yeah. We got uh, Helen from northern uh, the UK. Nice to see you, Helen, as always. Remember, you're in good hands, babe. We got Lisa, Lisa Love, yes, always good, yeah, Love goes with any name, goes well with any name, yes, we got Anne, Anne, we got Danny M, we got uh, Anna, nice to see you, Anna, we got an iPhone, we got Sarah from California, we got Fiji, Fiji L of something sorry if i made a mistake sorry i can't see these little words we got verena i thought she was from netherlands but she's from germany i'm clear about that now randy s skyla uh rhonda 
and uh, some anonymous people, Randy S and uh, iPhones. All right. Thank you so much. You can't believe uh, it's such a privilege, such a privilege to uh, to be one square among many. It's very good. I'll see you guys. Take care. See you, Walter. Don't take yourself so seriously, Walter. I don't want to have to come over there and bitch slap you, bro. I will. All right. See you. Bye-bye.